Welcome to the Poem of the Week. Each week, our poems are intended to help you practice the best, most current medicine by alerting you to studies that could change your practice. As usual, our host this week is National Public Radio's Dr. Michael Wilkes and Essential Evidence Senior Editor, Dr. Mark Abel. Gentlemen. Hey, Mark. How are you? Good. How are you, Mike? Good. I know you've uh, you've had trouble uh, in the past with with your knees. Uh, today we're going to look at a knee article. Um, it, it seems to me a pretty impressive, um, a, a pretty simple uh, intervention. Although when you read the article, it's not quite as simple as they make it sound. But there are lots of approaches to the treatment of knee osteoarthritis. The way we diagnose it has changed quite remarkably. It used to be based almost exclusively on x-rays, but we've learned that symptoms uh, and radiologic findings uh, often do not correlate very well. So we focus now on the patient's report of disability. Treatments can include pharmacologic treatment, non-pharmacologic treatment, and of course, surgical treatment. Uh, in all of these, the goal is either to reduce pain, uh, improve function, prevent disease progression, or perhaps a combination of all three. Most recommendations for treatment suggest a multi-pronged approach to managing knee osteoarthritis. Clinical decision is often influenced by specific patient and disease characteristics, and perhaps also influenced by the specialty of the provider. But many management approaches include exercise. Of course, there is aggressive exercise and there's less aggressive exercise. And of course, there's no exercise because perhaps the patient feels the knee hurts just too much. So what, what do we recommend to patients? You found a randomized control trial from the Annals of Internal Medicine. It attempts to answer the clinical question in patients with pain and function loss due to knee osteoarthritis, does high-dose medical exercise therapy improve pain and functional scores to a greater extent than low-intensity exercise? Mark, uh, if we push our patients harder, are they going to do better? No pain, no gain, said my track coach, so we'll see. This study was uh, done in Norway and Sweden, and they enrolled 189 patients who were in the range of 45 to 85 years, and they all had knee osteoarthritis, history of pain, and decreased function. Uh, they didn't have any previous physical therapy, and they assigned the patients to either, uh, in a random way, to 20 to 30 minutes of low-dose exercise, which is two sets of 10 repetitions, or 70 to 90 minutes of high-dose exercise, three sets of 30 repetitions. The type of exercise was tailored to their specific needs by a physical therapist. They were given instruction how to perform the exercises, how to adjust the weights uh, to perform without pain. Participants were asked to perform the exercises on their own three times a week for 12 weeks. So it was either about 70 to 90 minutes per day, three times a week, or 20 to 30 minutes, three times a week. Both groups improved over time to a similar extent for most outcomes of pain and function. So they used the standard disability score for osteoarthritis. About half the patients had what they would judge to be a clinically meaningful improvement in all outcome categories, so good outcome. High-dose exercise was associated with about 20% more participants achieving a clinically important improvement on a functional scale. Um, Alan Shaughnessy, who wrote this poem, did have a few quibbles with it. The study may have been underpowered to find the minimally clinically important difference between treatments if one existed. 
Also, they lost not quite a quarter of the patients from the study over the three-month period, given a possible placebo response in this study that was unmasked and didn't have a, uh, an untreated comparison group. It would have been nice to include that usual care group as the third comparator. So bottom line, tailored exercise therapy, at least 20 to 30 minutes, three times a week, improves pain and function scores in about half of the patients. If you're really into it, uh, higher dose, longer duration exercise did produce somewhat better results. Yeah, a, cu a couple of questions for you, Mark. Uh, interesting study. Uh, first of all, did they have physical therapy the entire time? I mean, was someone there pushing them and telling them to do this, or did the PT just teach them how to do it, and then they were on their own? They were on their own. They, they were not going into PT, so they were just given instruction during the first session and tried to figure out what the best exercises would be for them, you know, quad straight yeah, leg yeah. lifts and quad sets, things like that. I, I did pull up the article, and... Uh, I, I must say that it looked a little complicated, all the different uh, exercises, and it, it did involve lots of machinery. They didn't look like things you could do at home on your own. Hmm. M many of our patients have misconceptions um, about the role of exercise. Many uh, of my patients believe that when they have pain, particularly knee pain or something, that if they move or, or walk stairs or do any sort of activity, it's going to worsen uh, the osteoarthritis. How do we deal with those misconceptions? How do we nip them in the bud so we can have them do something? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think we have to believe that. You know, we have to understand that and believe that. And certainly um, maintaining good muscle strength helps to protect the joint. That's kind of how I've always explained it. If you can maintain good muscle strength, you're doing more to protect the joint. And, um, you know, that sort of seems to get across to people. I don't know. I'd, I'd love to hear from listeners what they think. Thanks, Mark. We'll talk with you again in a week. Sounds good. That's this week's poem. Thanks for listening. Please join us again next week for another medical poem.